Good morning and welcome to Jew in the City Speaks with your host, Allison Josephs, also known as Jew in the City. We do not have um, our tickets on sale yet on our website, jewinthecity.com, for the sixth Orthodox Jewish All-Star Awards, but you should be checking in soon. Make sure that you're on our newsletter to find out when the ticket sales drop. We have opportunities now to uh, sponsor the event. We're going to have ads this year if you'd like to wish the All-Stars a Mazel Tov. Um, the Orthodox Jewish All-Stars, if you've never tuned in with us before, is our chance to show the world all that you can become as an Orthodox Jew. Unfortunately, the media loves to pick up the worst stories of our community. Um, although at the same time, and you know, we try to be fair around here, we can say to our community that we don't need to give the media so much material. Um, so there's sort of we try to do a balance here where we ask the media to be um, fair and balanced and to report our community with nuance, but we also ask our community, let's be the best versions of ourselves that we can be. Let's really um, embody Ehrlichkeit, Menschlichkeit. Um, let's really be the good people that we were put here to be. The world knows that we are the Omnivchar, the chosen people. And when we fall short of those um, those qualities, um, they they notice. And so that's sort of the balance that we try to do here to um, help people see all the greatness that uh, our community has um, to push back or to speak out against when people fall short and also to ask the media um, to cover us in a nuanced way. Um, and so we hope that you'll join us for the six All-Star Awards on December 2nd at Lincoln Center in Alice Tully Hall. Um, and talking about sort of Orthodox Jews uh, accomplishing great things is a perfect segue here um, for, our, um, for our guest today. Um, we have um, an artist um, who comes from the Hasidic community um, from Williamsburg, um, and we are so excited to speak to him today. Zalman, thank you so much for, for joining us on the show. Well, thank you so much for having me. Um, and so if you could let us know, um, you know, a little bit about, um, you know, where you grew up and how you grew up Jewishly. Oh, uh, well, uh Born and raised in Brooklyn, Williamsburg, Brooklyn, uh, the Hasidic part of Williamsburg. Um, well, when I was growing up, the North was uh, factories and different, different. It was a different world. Um, I'm Sakhmer, so I don't think you can get more Hasidic than that. <laughs> uh, but that's basically it. I went to Sakhmer school, Sakhmer Heide. Um, when I grew up. When I was like uh, 13, 14, I went to different yeshivas, local yeshivas over here in Williamsburg, um, Chakron, and um, then I joined the Koilal. But uh, basically, it was Williamsburg for me all the way through. So, okay, so we're talking now to Zalman Glauber from a uh, Satmar Hasidic Jew from Williamsburg who had a pretty standard uh, Hasidic Satmar upbringing. Um, but then something surprising happened that probably doesn't happen to most um, Hasidim in, in Satmar, Williamsburg. You got interested in art. Well, I did. Um, as far back as, as I can remember, um, as a child, I was pretty fascinated by uh, the capabilities of people to just scribble down a few lines and 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 uh, and just have a picture emerge. I remember particularly one friend of mine when I was like maybe eight nine years old. Um, this guy was literally he was working magic with a pencil, and I, whenever I would see him in the hallway, I would, I would he knew that he has to, he has to scribble something for me. Hmm. Um, 
But then I never knew that um, art can be learned, mm -hmm. drawing can be learned. Uh, this is something I, I've learned recently, the past few years. Um, but where I got really hooked was uh, approximately nine or 10 years old. My cousin used to do um, very nice uh, miniatures for the sicker. And these were like little, uh, like little box windows where you would peek in and you would mm -hmm. see like uh, for Avrom, Yitzchak, Yankov, for the for the Spiesen. I was fascinated by these little boxes and I would peek in and get lost into that world, um, literally. So it had little trees and little people. And um, at first I was hesitant, but I asked my cousin if... Uh, if I would be able to do this. And he... Can you explain more? Because I'm not familiar what you're talking about. When you say miniatures, that it's Ushbizen for the sukkah, it's a decoration for the sukkah, or it is a sukkah, I'm just not understanding. What's it made out of? I'm just not oh, understanding. So, okay, so it's it's um, actually, it's like a, it's a decoration for the sukkah. So okay. That's inside the sukkah. And mm -hmm. it will be like a big uh, sign, which would have windows into it, built into it. So it would mm -hmm. have the depth. And you would have, it's just like people who do train sets, like uh, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. they had one in Manhattan now, Gulliver's, Gulliver's Gates, they had like yeah. put up uh, the, like the whole world over there. Mm -hmm. So so something like that. And you would just peek into the different windows. There would be seven windows for the seven Spiesen. So for, for David, he would have a palace, a real palace. It wasn't drawn, it was built, actually built out of 3D um, stuff. So he had like little people um and then then for 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 the malucham and then hmm. uh, uh, yeah it was very very interesting and i was like i saw that i was like oh i got i gotta do that <laughs> I mean, it was like instantaneous i had to do that so um he was kind enough and uh, he didn't laugh at the idea that i want to do it um and he, he, told, he actually told me i'll i'll show you I'll, I'll teach you the tricks of the trade you know and show you the ropes and the and um, and he did. He, he told me a few ideas how to start. And I remember I came home. My mom was pretty supportive, and uh, she actually told me go slower, uh, go um, smaller. You know, the first one I, I built was like real big and out of proportion. But she showed me a little uh, mm -hmm. how to how to maneuver it. And then um, year after year, I would do another one till finally I was satisfied and was good enough. But hmm. since then, I never stopped uh, playing around with the uh, miniatures. And what, what material um, are these boxes made out of? Okay, so the, so the material that, he, that I would buy um, would be um, typically what people would build in miniature train sets. So it's grass, trees, people. You would, uh, so in other words, I wouldn't build the people. I would mm -hmm. buy the different people. I would go through hundreds of different characters and see what will fit into this and that. I remember for Ravruam, we had to use a shepherd. So it was mm -hmm. a really old man with a cane, with a small, uh, with a long stick, and then mm -hmm. the, you had the, the sheep and everything. So you had to go through and then buy the figures that would fit your scenario, your setup. Your scene, uh huh. And were you able to sell any of these? Um, it's funny when um, I finished my third one, which was, uh, I would love to think of it, but it was pretty good. Um, an uncle of mine um, asked me if I would do, when I was pretty young, I was like, 15 years old so my uncle said that uh, he would I th yeah if I if I would make one for him he would pay for he hmm. would, I don't remember the price but I, I'm sure I gave him a bargain 
And there's also just um, credit to your cousin that, I mean, he was essentially training you to be a competitor and, uh, and he showed you the trade. So that was uh, very kind of him. So, so you sort of got a taste for creating um, something on your own at that point. So when and how did you transition from sort of building these worlds out of sort of prefabricated pieces to what you do today? Well, I guess let's tell us, tell our listeners, what kind of art do you make today and when and how did you learn how to make it? Well, the connection from that to this um, as a little middle story that um, when I got married, my wife worked at a um, adult um, help center like for mental, mentally challenged people mm-hmm. so i used to hang out over there and i got close to a doctor one of the doctors and um one day he told i saw him with a kid's book and i told him neil oh you're reading this uh, this is heavy stuff so he laughed mm-hmm. and he said well come in and sit down and start reading i mean uh, let me show you what it is mm-hmm. i told him listen I'm, I'm, I'm a slow reader i'm dyslexic so i'm a slow reader and um yeah, I have all the time. Start reading. And I started re- reading. It was about a book about a kid who um, his parents went through a divorce and kids were teasing him and he had it hard and whatever. And I was like blown away of the idea of someone writing a book about a problem that a kid has. And then he, the kid reads the book and he can relate to it. It was, mm-hmm. I was like, I was flabbergasted. So, um, he told me, you know what, Zalman? He told me, uh, you would make a good psychologist. <laughs> <laughs> I laughed. I laughed. It was a good joke. And, but uh, I think a, a seed has been planted there. Hmm. Uh, maybe a half a year, a year afterwards, I really started um, contemplating the idea of going for psychology. It was very, very unpopular at that time to go to school. Um, though a few went until a good friend of mine, um, Mayor Rosenberg is an RN now. Uh, he just hold my head, literally took my hand and said, Zalma, we're going today. We're going down to Toro. We're going to sign off. Mm-hmm. And we're going to school. And um, I remember I went to, it's funny, I went to my local rabbi to discuss it with him. He said, I'll tell you the truth. I don't know nothing about college and this and that. It's, it's not so popular by us. If you want, I'll send you to a rabbi in Staten Island. Mm-hmm. I won't mention his name because I don't even remember his name, but Anyways, I went down to this uh, rabbi, and I told him, listen, I'm a shiva bucher. I My, my uh, English education went to practically uh, maybe, I don't know which even grade it, it, it reflects to, but whatever it is, I speak English a little bit. My reading is not so good. My writing is terrible. I mean, I can't even spell a word. But he, he said, okay, take a book. Let's start reading. I took out a book. It was a Holocaust book, I remember. And... Uh, after a line or two, I think he took my name and he studied my name, graphology. He, t- he was like studying what type of first name, whatever. After two, three lines, it didn't take long. And he said, Zalman, don't start. Don't even go. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I, I left. I went home. And the next day, I signed up. Yes. And he wasn't telling you not to go because he thought college was bad. He just thought that it would be too high of a uh-huh. mountain to climb. Of course. Yeah. He, he told me you have no chance. You have no mm-hmm. chance. Yeah. Um, but I went and uh, I, took, I think it took me uh, three, four, almost four years to take a bachelor's degree. 
Hmm. Um, and it was an accomplishment. I always wanted to go back to him with the degree in my hand. I never did. Yeah, I never did. Um, but that was that. And then after, I mean, it was almost after I finished uh, school, a friend of mine schlepped me into business, to developments. So I figured, okay, let me do some developments for a few years and then I'll come back to school. A mm-hmm. uh, few years was like uh, maybe 10, 12 years of, uh, of developments um, that it, it, we did, some condos, some we did the hotel in Williamsburg. And um, after the hotel, I told him that uh, I wish him good luck. I mean, uh, but it's not, it's not what I want to do. I want to go back to school. Mm. So finally, I got back to school and it said, okay, we'll take you as a matriculated student and for one, one semester, then we'll enroll you in. So I had like a few months to, um, to waste and I didn't want to waste the few months. I figured, let me take a art lesson. Hmm. Um, and uh, fast forward, uh, now it's eight years. <laughs> I went to the, that one art lesson and that became a seven-year journey so far, eight-year journey. Wow. I just wanted to get a little commentary to this because I love that um, from the very beginning, you were kind of an out-of-the-box thinker that your mother supported you on doing this project, you know, because we hear these stories sometimes where, um, and Torah Torah learning is beautiful, and I don't want to minimize that, but um, human beings, most human beings need to have some outlets, some creativity. So the fact that your mother supported you making these miniatures and the fact that your Rav, you know, was willing to connect you with a rabbi that could give you advice on college. Um, it's really very heartwarming to hear this perspective because really only the bad stories come out. And again, like I said at the beginning, we have to acknowledge the problems that are happening and, you know, tell people that we have to be more open. But I, I love to hear your your journey is evidence that there are people that are, you know, sort of considering how people are more broad and, and more diverse than just sort of the, the standard in the box thing. So you took this course and what did you learn how to do there? Um, so I took, I took a course on, so instead of, instead of buying miniatures until I did now, buying a figure and just paint or dress it up a little bit, I figured, you know what, let me try to learn how to do the figure myself. So in other words, if I'm doing a David and Goliath scene, I would like Goliath to look what I imagine Goliath. And I would like David should be whatever I mentioned in my, you know, my dreams, how David looked. So that got me started. And um, I took my first, uh, first course. It was uh, a six-month six course in, in sculpting. So we would be sculpting from the clay. There would be a sculpture, a figure. And then you would have to copy that as, my, as close as possible. And um, it wasn't easy, but um, I really enjoyed it. And um, I, took, uh, I took sculpting ever since. I took some drawing lessons, but not a lot. Mm-hmm. But uh, other than that, I was basically learning how to manipulate clay. Mm-hmm. Um, there's different kinds of clay. So there's oil-based clay. There is, um, there is a water-based clay. So it's the different materials. And then I took some classes in working with wax, which you would normally transfer into bronze. Um, the method that uh, that we that we that I learned and that I did is, is the same thing that we did that, that they did many years ago. I mean, going back to the Roman times. So building the figure mm. in, in 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 um, in wax, then doing a mold out of that, draining the mold, and then filling it in with uh, bronze, and then knocking away the mold, and now mm. you would have a, a finished piece. 
Very cool. So, okay. So you trained. So now after those courses, um, when did you go from being a student of art to um, feeling confident enough to be able to start making pieces and selling pieces? How do you go from sort of learning to then, um, are you still, are you having a full-time job as you're sort of dabbling on art on the side? Like, like when did you switch to that? Like art was your Parnassa? Um, no, I switched after I, I, after I went to school for, I would say now seven, uh, seven years. That means a year up till a year ago, I went to school. Um, of course, my first sculpture that I did, I uh, threw away, uh, <laughs> which, uh, which um, now I'm thinking twice, I should have kept it. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, so uh, the first few years, I was just doing and throwing away stuff. Some of them I kept, which I felt was uh, pretty good, I kept. And then as the years go- went by, I started keeping more. Um, a year ago, I figured, I think I've, uh, I've been in school more, uh, long enough and the traveling is a little bit, you know, it's Manhattan. So going and coming, I lose like, like an hour coming and going. Um, so I opened a studio in Williamsburg, took out a basement, and I'm here full time, nine till uh, seven. That's amazing. And so um, can you tell us, like, where do you get an inspiration for making a new piece of art? Are you only doing sculpting? You're doing some painting, too, or everything is just sculpting pretty much at this point? I did some abstract painting, just I wanted to play around and have fun. But other than that, it's mostly sculpting. sculpting. And where where do you get the inspiration for a new piece? It's very interesting. I mean... (laughs) Inspiration is, I mean, I, I'm getting, I, I'm very inspired about the Yiddish uh, um, history, meaning I read a lot of Tanakh and I love Jewish history. And um, so basically, it's something, some, I would walk in the street and see an object or see something or think about it, and then it would, I would right away would like, uh, it's funny, it feels like it's coming from the outside, not from the inside. It's mm-hmm. like some kind of a thought that uh, when I see something and then it would turn that, oh, I see this scene, I see this. And then, uh, and then a, a form would shape that, okay, this can be put together in a certain way. And then as I, scri- I would scribble that down, that th- thought, I would scribble it down if I have something uh, like, a, and it can happen anytime, it can happen uh, in bed going to sleep and it can happen when you walk in the street and it can happen you know any uh, you never know when it's gonna, when something is going to pop into your head you just scribble it down on a little paper or whatever make a little sketch um, if not it's gone I mean mm-hmm. you have an idea and then two hours afterwards it'd be you know you wouldn't even remember what you thought about so it's scribble it down and sometimes the idea would emerge over time meaning it will change so make little tweaks and little changes to it and add or subtract to the idea. And then once I'm satisfied, I mean, once it sounds good enough, I would just go out and do it. Love it. And um, what kind of feedback have you gotten from the Hasidic community so far being this uh, sculptor and artist? Um, so far, as far as family, my wife is very, very supportive. Thank God. It's not an easy task, I would, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> and um my family and friends, whoever knows I'm doing this, um, I've gotten very good feedback. Uh, a while ago, actually, it goes back a few years, um, a family member asked me if I can do a, uh, a tea party. He wants to raise money for a cousin from Israel, whatever. 
So I told him, nah, but I know, I don't know if I'm this uh, tea party guy, whatever. So anyway, so I had, uh, I had this little thought that maybe if we combined it with an art show, okay, I'll do that. You know, it's tea party slash art show, I will do that. So I made an art show in my house. I took paintings from another few um, artists. Um, my mother paints, so I took some paintings, Yoli Glick I took, and a few artists that I knew. So I took some artists, I took some photos. I had, long ago I had uh, this, this hobby before the cell phone era, before the smartphone, the, the camera. So I used to have a little camera on me and just snap pictures, people going, coming, shopping, whatever, street photography, I loved it. So I took some of them and printed out some nice pictures and we made a tea party. And people enjoyed it. It was something different. You know, mm -hmm. you, just, you don't come out just for food and drink. You, just, you see something interesting. Um, one of my cousins, a very, a very holy person, was there and he says, So in other words, if it's not uh, idolatry, the, the, so I told him, no, I spoke to a few rabbis and a few dayunam and exactly how it should be done and what may be done and what not. Mm -hmm. So I didn't want, you know, it's not like I just went out and, I knew that uh, you can't build uh, sculptures, whatever. So I spoke to a few the Yunam and they, yeah, okay, yeah, if you if you say that, no problem, you know. So so we had that um, little encounter was interesting. Yeah. Um, but but otherwise, that, good feedback. Other than that, very good feedback. I mean, I and what about do you, do you think you've broken down stereotypes for people outside the Hasidic community? I mean, I can say for me, I always love to hear uh, these stories like that. But you know, are there other people you've interacted with that? Um, they were surprised that someone, you know, from your background was able to do art and be creative. Um, well, I did. Um, I would hope so. In in school, I uh, met a few Jewish people who wasn't, uh, they're not Hasidic, they're not observant at all, most probably. And um, um, some old people, uh, like, actually I made like uh, three friends um, in school, and um, their age were uh, 91, and the oldest was 94. They used to call me the baby. Uh, mm -hmm. So we used to eat lunch together. And uh, these are all secular, I mean, they're Jewish, but uh, I, none of them would keep anything. And um, I, I, I would assume that I, did, I made a change overall in school with a few people. One particular instant um, that was before and I brought some matzahs for um, this guy came, whatever, an Israeli, and he was new in the class or whatever. So, so I brought him the matzahs and he said, um, he said, Zalma, you know, the Hasidim over here in, 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 um, in, uh, in America are different than the Hasidim in, uh, in Etzisrul. Hmm. So I laughed and I said, well, if you would knew the Hasidim in Etzisrul personally, you wouldn't, you, maybe you wouldn't say it. Hmm. I think, I think when, you, when we generalize everyone in a, on one box, then you can start labeling it. But if you know individual people, I'm sure they're wonderful to see them and and, uh, and that's true as well. So A hundred percent. No, and this is why we love to tell these stories one by one because it's so important to be told. What about um, for a young Hasidic kid um, who maybe likes uh, to see his friends scribbling and has um, some creativity, you know, brimming in the back of his mind, what advice would you have for a kid that, is maybe was created kind of like you looking for a way to create art. Um, what advice would you have for him to be able to pursue his dreams within a Hasidic framework? 
Well, the first advice I would rather advise his parents or, or friends, whatever, um, to encourage. Um, I think that's the first step. So um, to, it's funny that when you're little, you don't know if you're allowed to or you, know, you don't know if you're capable of. So if your father or mother would tell you or your Rebbe would tell you that, yes, you can do this and you're good at it, you'll be better at it. I think that's the first step. So um, good encouragement is, uh, I think that's a doorway to, to growth and, to, and, to, and to, to have a you know, meaningful life. But um, other than that, um, I would advise a kid just, if you have a dream, just go for it. So mm-hmm. Just go for it and learn and don't give up. It's, the, it's, it's about, it's funny. I mean, one of my teachers told me that I was, uh, was coping away for a long time and uh, it just didn't happen. He said, Zalman, it's not about finishing the sculpture about doing it it's about the journey once it's done it's done it's finished so enjoy the journey enjoy in other words if a young guy st- starts or to draw or to paint and he feels he's not good at it yet just enjoy that stage and then just move slowly and you know and then and that's the joy it's like it's like a dance you know no one wants to finish a dance they want to dance hmm. so it's like a song you want to listen to the song you don't finish the song so um, that's, I think that was, that was pretty important for me to learn to enjoy um, the journey. Just enjoy the journey. Life is a journey. Awesome. Love it. Um, where can people uh, learn more about your art? Can you send our listeners now to a website or um, some you know, place for them to follow up now to see um, how talented you are? Um, yes, I have a website. It's my name, zalmanglauber.com, Z-A-L-M-E-N. G-L-A-U-B-E-R.com. So I normally post over there my stuff. Um, and then and what if they wanted to buy a piece? I'm saying, how do they have to come into your gallery? Can they contact you through your website? Yeah, they can contact me through my website. I actually work with a friend of mine, Cohen. Um, he started working on um, sales. So we've showed, uh, we had two shows presently, presently and uh, hope to show more. And maybe uh, down the road, maybe open my gallery. We'll see. Okay, amazing. Really, um, we love stories of people, you know, sort of staying within the lines of Yiddishkeit, of Halacha, and then also finding ways to develop themselves as human beings and to use the talents that Hashem gave them. Um, and it's such a, an amazing example that, you know, you, you can stay where you are, but also um, find ways to express who you are and impact the world and, um, and feel like you're doing something meaningful. So um, thank you so much for uh, sharing your story today with us. Um, and you can um, catch us, our listeners, the same time in the same place next week. Thank, thank you. you so, thank you so much.